Hey, this is Sean, co-host of Lux's Litter Box. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We have a very special show planned. But before we get going, if you're enjoying the podcast so far, please consider subscribing or giving us a follow in your preferred podcast hosting service. We really appreciate it. We hope you enjoy the show and go Wildcats. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to today's episode of Lux's Litter Box. This is the first podcast in a while, but this is the first big earth-shattering news that we've had in a while. I think this is earth-shattering because, Cole, we have just picked up. Davidson has just picked up its highest-rated player ever. Higher than Steph Curry. Higher than the man, the myth, the legend, Kellen Grady. But first, for like the first time ever, we actually have a segment planned. This is the Lux's Litter Box non-basketball update. You know, the Davidson Athletic Department has been balling out, so I thought we needed an intro to match that intensity. But first off, the football team. What the heck? Where did that come from? All of a sudden, we're a football school now. We played a very competitive first quarter against Jacksonville State. It went all downhill after that, but I'm very proud of the football team, how they played this year, winning their first Pioneer League Conference Championship. Congratulations to the men's golf team. Davidson is now the Atlantic 10 Conference champions in golf. They had a five-stroke lead over the entire field. The team, after picking up their Atlantic 10 title, is now going to head to Tallahassee for the regional tournament. Um, They're one of 14 teams. This will take place from May 17th through the 19th, and hopefully uh, they can do well there and keep going. Also, congratulations to the women's soccer team. Um, Getting to the Atlantic 10 championship is obviously a huge deal. It's so exciting. Unfortunately, the team came up close against St. Louis and was not able to go to the national tournament. But, you know, they had the lead with that half-court shot, just came up a little bit short uh, in the end, losing by a goal. But congratulations on, on that. And then we have another bit of exciting news before we get to the main news, and that is that Yunjun Lee is potentially on his way to the Olympics in Tokyo to compete in the 2020-2021 Tokyo Olympics. It was announced that Yunjun Lee made the 12-person South Korean senior team, which means he'll be competing in the FIBA tournament qualifiers. The FIBA Olympic qualifying tournaments will be at the end of June and early July. Currently, eight teams have auto-qualified for the Olympics, including the United States, Japan, and six others. And four other teams will join them from these qualifying tournaments. There should be four of them. I don't think, I'm not sure if they've released the actual brackets, but whatever uh, section or whatever tournament South Korea is in, if they're able to win it, then they will, uh, should be at least on TV. I'm not sure if there's a ton of details out right now. It seems like some things are still in the air, but hopefully we're able to find ways to watch these qualifying tournaments and see, and hopefully, I mean, I'm not sure how competitive it is. Uh, I might be the greatest basketball savant um, in the nation, but I don't really follow it internationally. So I don't really know how competitive South Korea will be, but we'll see. It'll be something to watch and super cool regardless of how they do. Yeah. Congrats to Lee. He is the only player that I would ever 
download an illegal stream for just to watch him play basketball in that tournament. And the only one. Yeah, unfortunately. Can we put this in the podcast? Yeah, we can put this in the podcast. So, sorry guys, my headphones just died, which is a little bit my fault. I knew we were going to record today, but I was like, oh, I can listen to music and I can charge them right before we record the podcast. And, and you then- knew you were going to, you knew we were going to record today? Were you an insider on the new big news that broke? Like Belk Report, I have insider information. Cole is just obviously, he's the only one that didn't know about this. We actually performed like a mass conspiracy to keep this away from Cole. So like everyone in the national media, because I'm national media as well, everyone um, but Cole knew. So congratulations on that. We got him guys. But yeah, so the big news, if you haven't already checked Twitter and seen that Cole has no idea what's happening, is that Foster Lawyer, point guard from Michigan State, big difference there, big difference. Foster Lawyer has transferred from Michigan State to Davidson. Now, this is a big deal because this is the highest rated player that Davidson has ever received. He was in the ESPN Top 100 at number 71. I'm not sure that Davidson has ever had a player in the ESPN Top 100. I don't think so because Kellen wasn't. And Kellen is our second highest rated recruit just behind him at like 0.94 or something. So yes, this is a super, super big deal. But many people don't think he's really lived up to hype. Obviously, if you're coming in as the Top 100 rated player, you're looking to go pro. And he is now entering his fourth year as college So. Um, Sean, what happened to him at Michigan State? The only knack that I've seen from a lot of Michigan State fan blogs and a lot of Michigan State reporting is that at six foot, he is a little bit on the smaller side for a guard, um, especially for... For any um, position. <laughs> yeah, yeah, even for a guard. But for a power five guard, especially in the Big Ten, uh, where they have a lot of really quick, a lot of really big guards, he does get bullied sometimes. But knowing the fact that he is transferring to a group of five school where it's a solid, it's still a solid mid-major program. I would say, even though he hasn't lived up to the hype, I still think he has an opportunity, opportunity to do that at Davidson. Because in high school, he was averaging 26 a game, four steals a game, six assists. In high school, in his state championship tournament, he put up 40 in back-to-back games in the semifinal and then in the championship with a torn uh, meniscus, which is crazy. He's the son of a former Pistons coach who is now in the NBA as a head of scouting for an organization. He's a knockdown, lights-out three-point shooter. And in that category, he is elite. Um, he had a little bit of a regression shooting this year, but also he was coming off of an injury. And so I think this next year, especially with coach McKillop and with the kind of sets that McKillop runs, I think he'll fit right in that Davidson. And I think we'll start to see um, a big boost in those numbers. I would estimate probably anywhere from 15 to 17 a game. I'm going bold predictions here, bold predictions with Sean. Uh, I would say 15 to 17 a game. Um, I might be wrong and missed by like two points per game, but I, think so. I really think... I really think that this is going to be the linchpin of what turns this season around. 
Wow. Cole, Cole, I think we were talking before. We can let the people know. But we were actually a little bit pessimistic about this next season. Yeah. I mean, I, I generally like to say optimistic. And you generally like to say pessimistic. I'm shocked to even hear you have an optimistic number as high as 15 to 17 points per game. It's a lot. I'm glad to see maybe maybe being back home is making you a little happier, optimistic. But it's good to hear that. I don't know what I'm saying. Your opinion doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> um, no, I don't know. Was I pessimistic going into season? Yes. I, I guess like the only thing that we're really gaining is some new faces, which they're exciting, but they're going to be young and they're they're not like anyone who's supposed to just uh, all all, rec- all three re- recruits that we had at this point were not supposed to just come in and do big things right away. So all the only thing that we were the only thing that we were gaining from this year to next year was was nothing. I mean, we were gaining more uh, more experience Lee and Brakovich, but we were losing Calvin Carter, Bates. So yes, um, I think that our ratings were supposed to be a lot lower going into next season. The only thing we had to look forward to is whether or not we could exceed expectations and what that would mean for the future. But it seems now that at least maybe we have a little bit of, not I wouldn't say momentum, but like something that is going to be exciting to watch and maybe we'll be able to be a little bit more successful than we expected. And this certainly caught me off guard to see that the, you know, as someone who's, uh, I don't have, I guess, the best sources right now, just starting off doing you know the podcasts and writing and everything I didn't know that this was happening um when I interviewed McKillop um near the after last season he said two things that ended up not uh really I guess I would I mean he's not like lying but they ended up just not being in good indicators of what to come because he said generally when we go after transfers if we're going to do it it's gonna be someone who can come here and can develop and likely it's going to be from someone whose coach got fired Tom Izzo obviously has a very, you know, has a job probably as long as he wants at Michigan State. And Foster Lawyer has already played three years there. Yeah, Davidson offered him back in 2016. He's He had his first year in the 2018-2019 season. So um, he should still get two years here. I think that the expectation is that he doesn't graduate next year and that he stays two years. But it didn't meet the profile, uh, the transfer profile that McKill described to me. And so I'm excited. I mean, I think this is really cool. Um, Sean, you've been watching some footage. What did you think um, about like his game and things like that? So first off, I just want to say McKillop is sneaky. I think it is a sign of life that McKillop is embracing the fact that you need to work the transfer portal in order to be successful. And so that's yeah. what it's something I was concerned about, especially after hearing that quote and knowing what the transfer portal looked like this year. I was concerned that we were going to be falling behind because we didn't embrace the new change but McKillop has done an excellent job with at least this piece and with a lot of other pieces that I've seen in the recruiting that he's done I definitely would like wouldn't expect us to ever go after someone who has just a year left because I think that you know while this shows that we don't need to have a player we can develop for three to four years because we're only getting a two maximum with with lawyer this does at least show that we're willing to get a player with just two years, I guess. But I still think it's unlikely that we'll go after a player who just has one year left. And I think it's unlikely that a player with just one year left would want to come here over a place that would maybe specialize in players that are only supposed to be there for. So I, I did watch some footage on him and I think that he is lacking a little bit in the size department and that will be a factor. But I think that, especially since, 
the A10 is a little bit less big and a little bit less athletic, not taking, I mean, compared to me and you, Cole, they're crazy, but um, just compared to the Big Ten, a little bit less big, a little bit less athletic. Also, I think a big key in this is the fact that we already have size at pretty much every other position, and we don't necessarily need an athletic point guard that's going to go grab rebounds. And what we need in a key piece that I think watching the film that this this kid fills is we need someone to take pressure off Lee. We already know that Lee is a dynamic scorer, especially with developments in mid-range game that we saw towards the end of the year um, and the fact that he can drive as well. I think with Kellen leaving, we needed a dynamic scorer. And I honestly think that Foster is going to be that scorer, or at least I really hope so. In fact, a lot of what I was saying is he ran the offense very efficiently at Michigan State. He actually even played defense really well at Michigan State. Even for being undersized, he ran his defensive positioning uh, well. He has a very high basketball IQ. You know, the kill's going to capitalize on that. It was just he didn't necessarily – he wasn't able to get his own against some teams that where he's facing people that were more athletic or were taller than him um, or just straight up bigger than him. Again, like this year – as an indicator against Eastern Michigan, he had 20 points. He played extremely well against Eastern Michigan to start out the year for Michigan State. Honestly, I think that is that is more an indicator of the competition that he would play more than a Ohio State or an Illinois or a Purdue or whoever in the, the Big Ten. And so I think that watching the film, I think that Foster is going to fit in he's going to be right at home honestly and um it's going to be very uh comfortable for him probably um and it's just going to be uh embracing the fact that he needs to go back to not just being a distributor and a, uh, but more of a contributor um and really needs to lead the Davidson team in scoring like he did in high school i think that he has all the right qualities to be a not necessarily just a big factor in these next few seasons, but also potentially a star. I mean, he has the leadership. He is a cap. He was a captain on Michigan state's team. Wow. Um, he started seven games last year. He, he got a lot of playing time it, and it wasn't because he was playing poorly that he, his stats don't reflect that. It's just that he wasn't able to get his own versus some of these more athletic teams. So yes, he could definitely make that impact. Belk report on Twitter, giving his like starters prediction um, with Foster Lawyer playing the one, Des Watson playing the two, Yun Lee playing the three, Menenga at the four, and then Brakovich as the big man number five, as a five. And that would certainly be an interesting lineup. I personally am not sure. Maybe Belk report um, probably knows better than me uh, whether or not Mike Jones uh, or Des Watson would be playing more of the shooting guard may, uh, position. Maybe um, that'll kind of change over time. I'm truly not exactly sure how much of a role Des Watson is supposed to play just right from the get-go. Obviously, there's a lot of hype around him, but that'll be something to monitor. But that lineup, to me, seems really exciting. I mean, when I thought about it, to see, like, two new faces um, getting, like, big, having big roles and then Obviously, we'll see, you know, if Chris Ford can get more uh, get more involved. And then, you know, Grant Hoffman should get even more minutes. And same with Menenga. I mean, it seems like a pretty exciting lineup. Um, maybe it won't be the lineup that's getting the same amount of wins that we've been getting in our tournament years. But it'll be a lineup that certainly has a lot to watch. I mean, there's going to be some days where 
lawyer just goes absolutely off and is making tons of threes because that's what he he does. You won't see him probably make a a ton of you know acrobatic, athletic dribble drives, but we'll see some games where he just doesn't miss. And then other games we'll see where he opens up Luka Brajkovic to just go to town in the inside. It's definitely nice that we're going to have two, it seems like elite shooters in Lee and now Foster Lawyer. I mean, we'll see how much that helps um, Menenga and Brajkovic on the interior. I think that, you know, regardless of whether we're optimistic or pessimistic or how many wins we get, it seems now that regardless, there's something to be excited about. It's just going to be something very new to have a player that's coming from Michigan state, you know, program as well-known and as successful as Michigan state to come here. And, you know, we're getting articles written by ESPN sports illustrated. And um, yeah, I, I think that it's just going to be extremely exciting. I'm really happy. And it was certainly good news to see today. Yeah. I think that's definitely the case. Anything else you want to talk about, Cole? Yeah, I mean, one thing that I feel like is just important not to leave out, <laughs> probably should have put this in here uh, before this, but um, earlier, I guess it probably was maybe a month ago, it was while we were still at school, Davidson did announce that we did get another recruit. His name is Michael Mike Katsock out of St. Albans High School in uh, the D.C. area. He is listed as he's 6'6", and Verbal commits has him as a power forward. I've seen other plays as shooting guard, shooting forward. So maybe like a person who plays a two, three, or the four, maybe even the five. I'm not sure. But I think the two, three, or the four. He he seems to also be like a shooter. Um, so that was our third new recruit that we're supposed to land. We still have two spots open. So hopefully there's more news to come. All right. Well, this has been a great episode, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for bearing with us as we endured technical difficulties today. If you haven't already, for some weird reason, if you're not following Cole, his Twitter is at WildcatCole24. He is a staple of Davidson basketball Twitter. If you haven't followed our Twitter account for the podcast already, that Twitter is at LLB underscore podcast. Till next time, go Wildcats.